one of the themes the Buddha emphasized over and over again in his teachings is that of arousing heedfulness in the practice. very last teaching, as we know, stressed the importance of striving on with heedfulness in the practice because all conditions are impermanent. The world is an uncertain place. Our life is uncertain. Our opportunity to practice is uncertain. many other teachings through the life of the Buddha echo that. We have the reflections of a samana. The days and nights are relentlessly passing. How well am I spending my time? Or another famous awada is that we should make best use of our time today because tomorrow may bring death. We can also see in the day-to-day living of a bhikkhu the way of practice, the way of training is constantly bringing up upamada, heedfulness in different ways. Because the Buddha and our teachers such as Ajahn Chah were aware of the danger and the problem we face with the underlying conditioning nature of avicca, ignorance. The mind is always falling back into delusion, ignorance over and over again through every moment of the day and every day of our lives we tend in that direction. And in practical terms it means we become complacent towards Dhamma, towards the truth. Complacency means we tend to forget that all conditions are impermanent or that life is uncertain. We become heedless. We get caught up in the seeking of comfort convenience. We get caught up in trying to avoid dukkha or deny dukkha, distract ourselves from dukkha and so on, rather than contemplating it and recognizing dukkha. Our complacency leads us to want to just try and get away from it in the more worldly sense of using comfort, convenience and distraction, sensual distraction. So for anyone practicing 
reflecting on the Four Noble Truths and the different teachings the Buddha gave, we become aware of that truth over and over again. The tendency to slip into complacency, to seek comfort, convenience, to seek distraction. We see how familiarity encourages it, familiarity with a place, with people, with the different conditions around us, makes us very complacent and feeds delusion, ignorance in different ways. Even if you go to live in a deep jungle thicket which has many dangers from disease or wild animals or just difficulties of danger of living in that place. We can become used to it, familiar with it and sink back into heedlessness, complacency. Or whether we're living in a very busy monastery where things keep happening. There's a lot of things happening. People coming and going. Activities. We can get used to that as well and become complacent again. This is the unfortunate result of ignorance conditioning the mind. We get used to things. We tend towards dullness, sleepiness. We tend towards habit, habitual ways of thinking, reacting to things, believing in things, forming views and opinions out of habit. But the Dhamma Vinaya in practice and in training is going against that tendency and helping us give us practical ways to deal with that habit and that tendency. We look at the monastic training and we have rules of training, ways of practice, duties, responsibilities. These give us some motivation, some impetus to bring up heedfulness, to break through delusion. So we have a routine so we cannot always just follow desires. We can't just sleep in when we want or be lazy when we want or become distracted by things when we want all the time. There's still room for that in the monastic life, but at least part of the time, the routine is helping us to work against that tendency. So we have meetings and duties. We have to do chores, we come to meetings, we eat together, we do certain things at certain times. All through our monastic life, that's true. Even living in the most simple conditions, we still have to do things in a certain way because of our rules and training. So it helps us whether we're on our own or in a group. 
gives us a standard of behaviour and gives us this impetus towards heedfulness. That of course relies on hiriyotapa, the sense of shame, awareness of good and bad karma and faith in and confidence in the training the willingness to give up to the training, the willingness to use and the wisdom to see the value of the training. Of course, if one is completely shameless or completely heedless, then it wouldn't matter because, of course, the training is voluntary. There's no real worldly censorship or physical force on our actions we in a monastery it's all here we're here and it's all done through voluntary giving up to the routine and to the rules and the ways of practice but for one who is training who has hiriotapa who has faith confidence we can use it as a skillful vehicle however new or old we are to the practice we use the routine, the ways of training, giving up to the Sangha, to the agreed principles and ways of training, giving up to the teacher. We have all these different duties, responsibilities. And on top of that, we develop mindfulness and wisdom based on the practice of bhavana, meditation, which is another essential, vital way that we are developing heedfulness to go against ingrained habits, complacency, dullness, sleepiness, ignorance and all that goes with it. And the Buddha over and over again emphasized the value of Maranānusati, recollection of death, the impermanence of life in many different ways, different forms, but that general theme as a way to bring up heedfulness. So he once asked the bhikkhus, how do you practice Maranadusati? And got a range of answers. Sometimes some monks said practice just once a month I reflect on death. Sometimes another bhikkhu, sometimes once a day. Another bhikkhu once every few hours. Another bhikkhu, every time I sit down to a meal, I recollect that maybe after half a dozen mouthfuls I might die. could choke on the food or have a heart attack or some accident. All of these rejected by the Buddha, not enough, not good enough, not acceptable as a real effort to fight off heedlessness. One bhikkhu said, I eat one mouthful of my meal and reflect maybe I won't eat another. And the Buddha said, that's acceptable, good enough. Another bhikkhu, I 
reflect, I breathe in once and maybe I won't breathe out, or I breathe out, maybe I won't breathe in again. That was acceptable. This is how the Buddha taught Maranānusati, recollection of death from moment to moment to moment as a way of stilling the mind and bringing, to, bringing the quality of mindfulness to bear on the present moment. And with that, the presence of mind to know what one is doing from moment to moment, to know one's duty, one's responsibility, to be aware that one is a bhikkhu, keeping the vinaya, all of these aspects of the practice all come into that present moment awareness. If we really want to tame our minds and resist the tendency towards habit, complacency, dullness, ignorance in its, all its different forms, then we are aiming for this kind of present moment awareness, trained in this way, developing in this way. We can see just this one reflection, recollection of death, can be approached in so many ways. It's actually a very versatile, flexible reflection to bring up. The Buddha said we can compare that even the Buddha must die. If not the Buddha, even the greatest Arahant must die. I must die like him. He, he can't avoid death. I must also face death like him. This is the heart, the core of this contemplation. Sometimes great monks, great teachers pass away, we might even attend their funerals. Might even have to help organize in some way or other, play some small role or bigger role in organizing the funeral. And be very tempting to get caught up in the distraction and the karma of organizing everything, doing it. But that would still just be the superficial reflection on death. The real heart of the meditation is just, he dies, I will die just like him. Death is certain, death is sure. I must surely die. Similarly, famous people, wealthy people, powerful people in society, People tend to place value on the importance of the person according to how much fuss is made at the funeral, how big it was, how many people attend, where it was held, the kind of ceremonies that took place, who attended. Of course, that's all the superficial side of it. The core reflection is even this wealthy, powerful, famous person dies. I must surely die like this person. Ordinary people, we hear of dying all the time in the news, word of mouth, newspapers, media, so on. 
we use them as a reflection. Sometimes it's bhikkhus, bhikkhus fall ill, older bhikkhus through old age or various illnesses. Younger bhikkhus just through accident or catch malaria, have a car crash. The reflection is always, I must surely die like this bhikkhu I've heard of has died. Or our relatives, or just people we know of who've passed away. Maybe we go to a funeral as a monk to chant. Or just hear the news of someone passing away. Every time we hear that news, it's an opportunity to bring up that recollection of death become familiar with it, arouse some wager, just the urgency to keep practicing because it might be our time soon. Not everybody dies because of old age, they've reached a ripe old age and the body stops functioning. The Buddha said some people die because their merit runs out just the supporting conditions to keep them alive run out. The good, good karmic conditions run out. And some people it's old karma, negative unwholesome karma before performed in previous lives comes to fruition, cuts off that person in their prime. We don't know what karma we have in the past. So it could literally be any day of our life we could drop dead for some reason or other. Sometimes you hear of monks preparing to ordain but don't make it to the ceremony. They die first. In Thailand, sometimes before uh, the night before an ordination in village culture is often a very, very big festival. Unfortunately, many people like to get drunk on that occasion, like a party, totally unrelated to the Buddha's teaching and the, the ordination that's coming up. It's more of a party, Karma Sukhali Karna Yoga. Sometimes you even hear of people getting drunk and then having an accident, their vehicle crashes and they never get to ordain. Or even worse, they maybe get drunk and have a fight. One time there was a story of a prospective candidate got drunk, had a fight, but ended up getting stabbed to death. Never made it to the ordination. Another story is a monk, very famous Bangkok monk, administrative monk, preparing to receive a new title. It's good karma and the fruits of his practice and all his service to the Sangha was being recognized, but he never made it to the title giving ceremony. He died in a car crash before. Another monk, not so long ago, famous, 
very high up monk in the administration went to a trip to Burma and India Nepal the first stop was Burma he reached Burma and they wanted to go out to Shui Dagong Pagoda to pay respects but he felt tired from the trip he was an older monk so they thought hmm, better have a rest sent him to the hotel room to rest came back the rest of the group went to Shui Dagong came back and he was dead had to spend a whole week fussing around to get through the red tape to get the body out of the country back to Thailand for the funeral. Another way the Buddha said to reflect, reflect on the fact that sometimes junior members of families die before senior members. Nothing so painful that and a parent having to bury their own offspring or cremate their own offspring. They died in an accident or illness before their parents. Well, sometimes we just reflect on the potential for danger all around us how easy it would be just to slip coming out of our kuti walking down the path could slip over hit our head and die or be bitten by a poisonous snake or have a tree or tree branch fall on our head or it could be just thieves confronting thieves and getting killed in the process crossing the road, getting run down by a car. Endless reflections on how easy it would be to die, how possible it could be. All of this is Maranānusati. Or in another way we could face, contemplate our own physical fragility, this body, human body, how dependent on all the conditions being right for it to keep functioning. You have to have the right food in the right amount. You have to have the right moisture content and need to keep up liquid intake. Food or liquid disappears. If we go without food, eventually we die after maybe many days go without liquid maybe just a few days and we're dead go without breath a few minutes and we die so if you fall into deep water and for some reason can't swim out of that you die through drowning we could go through each organ of the body so go through the brain start with the brain the internal organs and the brain subject to blood clots, aneurysms, hemorrhages, often without any external trigger it would seem. One doesn't hit the head, just somehow a clot forms up in the brain, can't function. 
blood vessels burst, changes in temperature can bring up change in the blood pressure, high blood pressure disease, changing conditions, over tiredness, over stress. Come down, see the lungs, the lungs could catch viruses, they get damp, liquid forming in the, or being contained in the lungs, viruses form or cancer forms. The heart, so many problems can go wrong with the heart, the valves, the muscle, the arteries, the veins clogging up. The kidney malfunctioning can't purify the blood. Liver failure. Problems with the stomach, the digestion, can't digest the food, absorb nutrition. Problems with passing, bowel movements, excrement coming out, won't come out, get stored up inside, can't get it out. Endless possibilities for each organ, each aspect of the body. All of this Maranānusati bringing up a sobering reflection, just quietly bringing the mind in line with truth. As a very direct way to contemplate dukkha, first noble truth, see the dukkha of living in this world, the dukkha of birth, aging, sickness and then ultimate death. Or another way, the, the implications of death. The Buddha said, contemplate when you die, separation from all that you love and like is sure with death. And whatever you love in terms of material things, you love your robes, your kuti, special mementos you have, Buddha images, pictures of Krubrajans, books. You must separate from all of them. Separate from your loved ones, parents, brothers, sisters, friends, teachers. If you have a teacher that you particularly respect, maybe like Venerable Ananda, when Venerable Ananda heard the news that the Buddha gave, the news today is my last day, just wailed and sobbed, even being a sodapanna. The tears just flowed and flowed and flowed. Separation. For lay people it's all the family members, friends, loved ones, wealth, property, so on. The suffering of Attachment to reputation, if we've had a good reputation, losing that with death. If I have a bad reputation, having to die with that. Suffering of attachment to others, love, lust. Suffering of anger, resentment towards others that's unresolved in the heart.
separation from Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, the chance to practice. It cuts off, death cuts off our chance to hear Dhamma, practice Dhamma. From whatever angle we look at death, contemplate it, recollect it, be mindful of it, we see the dukkha of the experience. But this is a wakening up of the mind, wakening up out of complacency, out of heedfulness. The idea is that it brings urgency to the practice, brings up mindfulness, brings up energy. The result is we want to practice, we want to make use of our time while we have it, appreciate what we have, appreciate our situation if we have this situation to practice meditation, learn the Dhamma, contemplate the Dhamma, the opportunity to abandon our greed, hatred and delusion, the opportunity to serve Sangha, serve teachers, serve the lay community brings up this urgency, this energy to want to practice more and make use of time. Brings up the urgency to not want to let unwholesome mental states linger in the mind, not to bother with them, not to hold on to them because they're, cl they're cluttering up the mind when we might die at any moment. Who wants to die with greed or lust in their mind at that time? Who wants to die with an angry mind? Who wants to die in a state of delusion or with wrong views? If you're having problems letting go of certain defilements, you, you can contemplate death in this way. Say, if I die now, do I want to die with this, with this state of mind, with this habit of mind? Do I want to die with an unwholesome state of mind that's dark, unclear, agitated? Do I want to die with a wholesome state of mind, free from greed, anger, delusion, with faith, with energy, with mindfulness, with wisdom, with brightness? When we contemplate on this level, then we can see, well, really, birth and death is taking place all the day, all the, every moment of day, the day. The mind is being born and dying from different mental states, happiness, sadness, pleasure and pain, attraction, aversion. And this contemplation brings us to that point where we're neither delighting in nor averse to whatever our experience. It's the knowing of experience, knowing the nature of experience is like this. The nature of this body is to get old, sick, get sick and die. The nature of the mind, say sankara, thoughts, feelings, memories, is to arise and pass away. This is what keeps the mind in the middle develops equanimity, equanimity based on the presence of mindfulness and understanding. Just knowing things but not taking them, not grasping at them. Not grasping at the pleasure, the pain. Not grasping at happiness or sadness. Not grasping at anything. Just knowing it for what it is. 
knowing that it's the nature of a human being to be born, get old, get sick and then die. Knowing that it's the nature of this world that we have to separate from all we, that we love and like. It's for certain. Just knowing that much without reacting in it, indulging in it, fighting or denying it, just knowing it for what it is. This is the heart of the Buddhist teaching. This is why Lumpur Cha emphasized the quality of dying before we die. Knowing that impermanence of this body and mind is true. Accepting that, understanding that. Knowing that maybe we'll die before our parents, our loved ones, our friends. Maybe they'll die before us. But knowing for sure we must all die knowing that we can't take anything with us from this world. And this is why the, the Buddha said that the insight into impermanence is the most purifying, powerful, good karma. It surpasses all other karma. It's the effect of, on the mind is to liberate it, free it from attachment and grasping. Ultimately, brings forward Nibbāna, and bringing the mind back to that which is the undying, that which is. But the vehicle is a reflection on impermanence in its different ways, and each dukkha anatta. And the reflection on death is an excellent training in that, both for stilling the mind, calming the mind, and for developing the wisdom that cuts through Delusion, ignorance, complacency, habitual tendencies of, of the kilesis. And just bring the reflection up, well, if I die, this doesn't matter. I don't have to think it anymore, it's not that important if I die. This issue, this problem, this attachment, it's impermanent the thing you keep grasping at that agitates you. When you die, you won't be able to take it with you. You won't be able to have that thing. It's impermanent. So you can let it go. You let the, the death happen before death and die before you die. So you're prepared for all the impermanence of life, which always comes up for sure, whether we like it or not, realize it or not. Impermanence will keep arising over and over again. The news we get from other people, our family, our friends, the world, the events of our day, the experiences we have, the thoughts, the feelings, it's all bringing us teaching of impermanence, the dukkha that's associated with change, the dukkha of separation, the dukkha of aging, the dukkha of illness. But this is teaching us to let go by reflecting on the impermanence and death, we can let go of it all, bring the mind to that place in the middle where it doesn't take anything, doesn't take happiness or sadness, doesn't grasp at anything, just knows things for the way they are.
So I'll leave these few words with you for your reflection tonight.